Hi, this is Joel Scrivener, pastor of Oaks Church in McKinney, Texas. And I wanted to say thank you so much for listening, sharing, and supporting our podcast. I know that today's message is going to inspire you, challenge you, and empower you to fearlessly follow Jesus like never before. Before we get to the message, I want to encourage all of you who live locally to go online and sign up for one of our backyard barbecues this summer. Oaks Barbecues are your best opportunity to meet and make new friends at Oaks Church. To see all the available groups and sign up, visit oakschurch.com forward slash groups. Now, let's check out today's message. Amen, 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 amen. Are you excited? Guys, I'm excited. <laughs> God is up to something and he's using us to do it. He's using us to do it. Uh, this series, Empowered, has been uh, really, really uh, instrumental in my own life. I'm having fun. I hope you're having fun. Uh, we've talked about how to have confidence, how to receive your confidence from God. We've talked about how to recognize your own personal value. We've talked about how to overcome anything. Last week was about how to overcome the enemy. And if you missed it, you want to pick that up. Today, we're going to talk about something very important. We're gonna talk about how to multiply your influence. How to multiply your influence. Have you ever felt insignificant? Have you ever felt like your voice wasn't heard? Have you ever had a relationship with someone that wouldn't let you talk? Wouldn't let you finish? Don't laugh at me. Um, oh, you, okay, you don't let me talk? Okay, good, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry, I was projecting. Have you ever, you ever been at a lunch with someone that they're so excited that you can't say anything, you can't get a word in, and, 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 or worse, they're so concerned with what they have to say that they don't care what you have to say? There are times in life that we can feel insignificant, we can feel like we don't have a voice, we can feel like we don't have influence. Years ago, and I had a kind of a, a, an interesting uh, experience as a teenager. I, I at 14, uh, was already a national champion. I was doing exhibitions all over the nation. Um, tra- I mean, all through my teen years, I'm traveling all across the country. Uh, in at late, late teen years, I'm on the U.S. team. I'm traveling all, all over different parts of the world. Uh, I had been signing autographs since I was 14. It's a weird thing when you're 14 signing autographs. It's a weird thing as a teenager to, to have people coming up and they want to get your autograph because they think that you're something. And, and I mean, at 14, I, I love it. People say, what should I call you? Should I call you Pat? J-? Listen, I like just to hear my name. Joel is nice. I never was called my name because in the martial arts world, when you get your black belt and you're an instructor, everyone calls you Mr. So everyone called me Mr. Scrivener my whole life, my whole first career. For 15 years, I was Mr. Scrivener, and it's just so nice to be called Joel. I don't care. Simba, is that you? I love you, Simba. God has marked you with an amazing purpose. He's marked you with an amazing purpose. You're so powerful in the spirit. In the spirit, you're massive. You're so huge. And this message is for you today. Because there's times that you felt like your voice wasn't heard. And there's times like you felt like you weren't significant. But let me tell you something. Your voice echoes in heaven. Your voice echoes in heaven. You're powerful. Mm. I got to tell you, it's so fun to see friends that are finding us and coming into 
services here and maybe just to visit and say hi and get a high five and go back where they're planted or maybe the Lord's leading people. I don't know and it's not up to me. It's up to the Holy Spirit to lead people wherever he wants to lead people. But I know God's doing something so special here. My point, what I was going is it was an interesting dynamic growing up and having this voice way early, like a premature voice. And it was always important to me, just a core value of my life was that I wanted to do something important. I didn't care about money. I never cared about money until I got married. (laughs) Then you have to care about money. (laughs) And then when you have kids, and especially if they're girls, then you have to care about money, right? It's just, I mean, I didn't care about it. I just wanted to make a difference. I wanted to do something important with my life. And so when I walked from the martial arts profession at 28 years old and took an intern position at our church, and I went from being the reigning world champ to retiring in the middle of my prime, being the guy telling, call, being called Mr. my whole life and bossing people around, to being an intern that had no, no influence and had no uh, experience and I'd never worked in a church world. I didn't have a church education. I didn't have, I had Travis coming up to me saying, hey, will you mentor me? And I'm like, sure. I had no idea what I was doing. You know, I, I, I was insecure because I had gone from one realm where I had crazy confidence into a whole new realm and I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't have the pedigree and I didn't have the backing background. I didn't have the education. I literally was brought in and they said, this was what they said to me, you know how to be a champion, we'll teach you how to be a champion in ministry and in this world. And I said, I'm in, let's do that. And so here I am dealing with a level of insecurity that I hadn't dealt with for a very long time long time in my professional realm, in my professional world. And I remember the first missions trip I took people on. And and the hardest thing for me, because listen, my job as a martial arts professional, I wore karate pajamas for a living, all right? It's not very serious. Uh, I, I, I taught children, and I, I beat people up for a living. It's hard when that's your profession to think that God can use you to do other things when that's all you've done. It was the only profession I'd ever had for 15 years, uh, and, I, and I had just this struggle of seeing how I could be used, and I would say all the time, I'm just a this. I would say, I'm just a karate guy. I'm just to this, I don't have that, I'm not like them. And I would look at these people, these, what I would consider heroes of the faith, these massive pastors and speakers and people that were on the national stage, and I would look at them and I would say, I could never be like that. I'm just to this. And I remember being on a missions trip in Nicaragua, and I was speaking to teenagers, my very first time to ever do anything like this, And there was a little lady that ran the orphanage there. And she was hearing through the translators the things that I was saying. And at the end of the trip, she came up to me and she laid her hands on me and she began to prophesy over me in Spanish. And the translator was telling me what she was saying. And she was reading my mail. This little Nicaraguan lady that didn't even speak English was telling me about my personal prayer life and what I had been saying to God and the excuses that I had been making. And she literally was in Spanish saying, 
don't you ever say again, you're just a this or you're just a that because it's the same Holy Spirit that's inside of you, that's inside of all of these other people that you look up to and aspire to be like. There's no difference. It's the same Holy Spirit. And the word that she said is, it is in you to be great for God. Can I tell you, someone needs to hear that today. The same Holy Spirit, you might look at someone up here on a stage and look at Tiffany or look at Obi or Brandon or whoever and say, I could never be like that. Listen, it's the same Holy Spirit that's inside of you. We're not more special than you. We just may be a little further down the road in a certain activity. That's all. But it's the same Holy Spirit. And if you will sell out for God, you can have incredible influence in your life. Today we're going to find out how. I want to read you a story. This is a story we were talking last week about a guy named Philip. And we're going to read a story today about that guy and his next experience And I want you to understand something very important, that God's kingdom is all about influence. It always has been. God's kingdom is all about influence. The word kingdom is the word basilia in the Greek that's translated, and it literally means the realm of the king's dominion. That's what the word means. It's the realm in which the king has dominion, where the king has rule, where the king has power. That's what kingdom means. And Jesus said this, don't look over here or look over there and say, there's the kingdom or over there's the kingdom. He says, for the kingdom is within you. The realm where the king has dominion is inside of you. The realm where the king wants to expand and what he wants to use to expand his influence is inside of you. This story is found in Acts chapter eight, verse 26. Very important story. It says, now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge over all of her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. And then the spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake the chariot. So Philip ran to him and he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scriptures where he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before his shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does this prophet say this? Of himself or some other man? And Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see here is water. 
what hinders me from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now watch this. Now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. Watch. But Philip was found at Azotus. And passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. This story is wild. A wild story. It, it, it looks like just Philip running and talking to someone about Jesus. And, oh, we'll get baptized. It's pretty simple, pretty straightforward. There's so much to it we're going to dive into. But at the end, right when you think it's just kind of normal, just every day, just talking to somebody about Jesus, the Holy Spirit literally teleports Philip to another city that's like 25 miles away. He appears in another city. This is next level stuff, right? This is, this is outside of the realm of what we would normally think. And so now Philip finds himself in another city that happens to be a city. If you know anything about Israel, what the angel had told him to do was take a walk from Jerusalem and go down to the Gaza Strip. And if you hear anything on the news about where all the war and all the crazy and all the whatever happens, uh, it's the Gaza Strip. So he sends him into this war zone. And then from there, he teleports him to Azotus, which is a major, it, that word literally means stronghold. It's a major stronghold of the Philistines, this major city where the Philistines had a base for all of their warfare. And that's where he's going to go launch his ministry. And he literally launches a ministry and goes all up and down the coast for, of, of Israel from the north to the south. This Philip guy, who last week we mentioned, is on the B team, yet God is using him in incredible ways. How could God use you? How could God use you? I'm just a, I'm only a, no, you're a child of God with unbelievable potential for influence. See, it's God's nature to multiply. God is a multiplier. God is an expander. God is an increaser. That's who he is. Look at this passage in Genesis verse 22. He says, blessing, I will bless you in verse 17. And multiplying, I will multiply you. And your descendants as the stars of the heaven and the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. That's influence. And your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Somebody say that, obeyed my voice. God says, blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply you. What does that mean? It means blessing is my status. Multiplying is my status. It's my state of being. It's what I am. It's who I am. Multiplying is what I do, so I will multiply you. Blessing is what I do, so I will bless you. God is a multiplier. He's an expander. He's an increaser. That's what he is. That's why the universe is still expanding since the first time God said, let there be light, because he never stops multiplying. He never stops expanding. That's what God does. 
of Jesus, Isaiah 9, verse 7 says, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his entire kingdom, that's influence, to order and establish it with judgment and justice from this time forward, even forever. Multiplying, I will multiply you. Expanding, I will expand you. Increasing, I will increase you. Blessing, I will bless you. His government never stops expanding. His territory never stops increasing. And the way that it expands and increases is through you, through the territory that you take. The scripture gives a promise that everywhere your feet tread will be yours. Do you understand that? That you have the ability to take territory. You have the ability to expand influence. You have the ability to change atmospheres because you were made in his image and he's a multiplier. He's an expander. Look at the very first commandment given to mankind in the beginning. Genesis 1:28. then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. This is what you were made to do in his image. You were made to multiply. You were made to increase. You were made to expand. Wherever you are right now is not where you have to stay. I've had times in my life that I felt like, I guess this is all there is. I guess this is all there I'll, I'll have. I guess this is all I'll make. I guess this is where my health will be. I guess this is, and you can come into different phases where you feel a lid over you and it's not God. God is not your lid. God has no lid. He's infinite. There is no end to him. And when you serve a limitless God, you have limitless potential. There's no lid for you. We joke around our church staff, hashtag no lids. There's no lids. We can do anything God says. We can go anywhere God says. We can take any territory he wants us to take. There's no restraint, there's no restriction except the Holy Spirit giving us that type of boundary and that's how we're supposed to live our lives. Never stop dreaming, never stop believing, never stop speaking for increase, speaking for multiplication. Do any of you want your children to hit a certain level of development and just stop? Any of you want your kids to only make a certain amount of money, only make a certain amount of good choices, only have a certain amount of good success, only have a certain, no, no, no. We want them to expand. See, we in our own families, you may have had limitations. We only want two kids, three kids. Some of you have no limitations. <laughs> Multiplying, he will multiply you. Just keep making them. Praise God, grow this church from the inside, the natural way. Hallelujah. We have boundaries. Jennifer and I, we went three kids. So we had three kids. Then the kitchen closed. But when you're a grandparent, more, 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 more. Why? Because you don't have to take them home. 
You don't have to feed them. You can, you can, you can spoil them and send them home rotten, right? How much more does your father want to multiply you? How much more does he want to continue to increase you? He'll never give you more than you can handle, but he wants you to continue to grow and handle more. He's a good shepherd. He's a good shepherd. What's a shepherd's job with the flock? Keep them healthy, keep them well fed. Keep them protected and keep them making more. The shepherd's job is to multiply the, multiply the flock. It's the nature of God to multiply, to increase, to expand your influence. Let's go back to Philip for a little bit. Philip's just a regular guy, just a regular dude. He was picked because he walked in the power of God. And he was picked to be essentially an employee in the church. And he's taking care of widows and orphans. He's feeding people. He's taking care of the needs of the congregation. He wasn't an apostle. He wasn't even picked to teach. His job wasn't to, to go be the preacher. He, his job was to take care of the nursery. To, ha to handle the, the, just the, the administration. But he walked in God's power. And that was the prerequisite. And so an angel, I've never had an angel talk to me. I've had a couple experiences where I've seen things in the spirit. We've had people that have seen angels in this gymnasium. Huge, all the way up, like head, like, like their shoulders and chest went above the green. In worship, people seen angels in this room. They're real. They fight for you. They bring answers to prayers from heaven. There's more with us than there are with them. I know last week we talked about how the enemy is real and he's deadly and he's lethal and he's dangerous. But the army of God is three times bigger. You understand that? The army of God is bigger and stronger and more powerful. And the kingdom of Jesus is ever advancing. So an angel actually talks to Philip. We have two experiences in this passage of Philip receiving communication from heaven. An angel said, go take a walk. Go down to Gaza. Go walk out in the middle of the desert to a dangerous place where there's bandits and it's a major road that's a, that's, that's, that's a, a road that is literally exists. It, it runs from Israel down through Africa to Egypt and all the way down to Ethiopia, which is a, is a place, I don't know if you know this or not, but the ancient name for Ethiopia is Cush. And Cush was one of Noah's sons. So Cush had a territory and there was a rich heritage of God's people in that part of the world. Not only that, because what, I mean, if in the story what you see here is an Ethiopian, this is, a, this is an African Jew, a black Jew that had come to Jerusalem to worship and now he's going back to Africa on this road. And Philip is told by an angel to go take a walk. Philip sees this, and you might say, well, how, how does that work? Because Africans uh, typically are not Jewish. Well, there was this queen named Sheba. And apparently she was really good looking. And if you've seen Ethiopian folk, they're good looking folk. Pretty people. And she heard about this king named Solomon, 
who was really good looking and especially good with the ladies. And she went up to see what he had and to hear his teaching. And they became very close friends. She may have become one of his wives or they may have united their kingdoms. But the story is is that she became pregnant with one of Solomon's children. And Solomon fathered an entire race of African Jews called the Abyssinian people. And Judaism had been practiced for hundreds and hundreds of years in Ethiopia. And we have one of the most powerful, influential men, this eunuch. That word eunuch, we most of us understand that word as meaning a, a man who has been castrated or whatever. But it's also a word that is connected into a position of an official or a high-powered position. And oftentimes in ancient uh, cultures, they would take young boys that were of royal or noble uh, uh, Line and they would emasculate them as boys because they would make better servants and would be more faithful. Similar in the horse business, uh, with when you have a gelding versus a stud, they just behave better. And so this man could have been a actual eunuch in that regard, or he could have just been a powerful official. We don't know the exact interpretation because it's the same word is used uh, interspersingly in different parts of scripture. But what we do know is that he controlled all of the money in the entire nation of Africa. And here's this waiter, Philip, kids ministry worker, Philip, usher, Philip. And an angel says, go take a walk. Then the Holy Spirit speaks. See, there's a difference. Two different voices in this story. The Holy Spirit says to Philip, run over there and catch up with that chariot. So he runs and catches up. And then he hears this this Ethiopian official reading the specific passage about the Messiah and how he would die for the sins of the world. Philip says, do you know what you're reading? How can I possibly know unless someone will teach me? Climb up in my chariot. And now Philip, who potentially only a few months earlier, years earlier, wondered if he would have a voice, wondered if he would have influence, is now explaining the whole gospel message to the second most powerful person in an entire nation that controls all the money. Influence. The man says, well, can I be baptized? Yeah, you can be baptized. Baptizes and converts this African Jew to be the first Christian in Ethiopia. And then God does a miracle and teleports Philip to a whole other place for a whole new mission. Wild story. Well, the story continues. We don't see it in scripture. There's no more mention of what happened to this Ethiopian official. But what there is mention of in history is that Ethiopia became one of the superpowers for the early first century Christianity. And Matthew, who wrote the gospel of Matthew, actually went down there and started a church and was teaching and preaching. And Ethiopia became a hub that when all of this persecution happened... 
and all of the Jews were being scattered everywhere, or the Christian Jews were being scattered everywhere, they would flee to Ethiopia and it would become a safe haven for them and it was a place where they had a friend who had all the money. Because of a little guy named Philip that obeyed God and took a walk. What could God do with you? Is it possible that you're limiting God's influence? Is it possible that Maybe you've gone through a phase, like I mentioned earlier, and dealing with some insecurities or wondering how your voice could ever be used and I'll never be like that or I'll never. Is it possible that the only thing keeping you back from the fullness of the potential that God wants for you to walk in is what's going on inside of here? Because God has no limits. God's influence has no limits. So if your influence has limits, the only limits are right here. There was a lady named Myra. She was 39 years old when she was raped. The rape resulted in a pregnancy. And Myra went from the story that I was told to an abortion clinic and was going to have the baby aborted because it's a product of rape. And on the table, the Holy Spirit convicted her, and she got up and left and didn't do the procedure. She went home instead, and she carried the baby and gave birth to the baby. And then she put an ad in the Houston newspaper asking for a Christian family to adopt her baby because she wasn't capable of taking care of that baby. And a local pastor in Houston saw the ad. He and his wife adopted a little boy named James Robinson. You've probably heard of this guy. He's been one of the most influential Christian pastors. Literally has ministered to millions of people all over the world. And he was this close to being aborted. Product of rape. Horrific beginning. But God. But God. Right? Millions of people. Worked with Billy Graham. Had, Had little people on his staff that used to work for him, like Mike Huckabee. Went into a an East Texas high school did an assembly and had a little kid come up to him, a little roughneck hellion kid named Willie George who got saved. Willie George went on to become one of the most prominent children's ministry workers on the national stage back in the 80s. Went on to become, he's in the top 100, come on, talking about influence. Talking about almost aborted to one of the most influential voices in our modern age for Christianity who who happened to get a young guy saved named Willie who would later become Gospel Bill. Anybody ever heard of Gospel Bill? Who would at camp meeting have a little puppet team where there were kids on the puppet team 
doing ministry and one kid was asked, hey, go to the back with these kids that just raised their hand to get saved and I want you to go to the back and pray with them and get them saved and get them filled with the Holy Spirit. Little 12-year-old kid goes and prays. 25 kids get filled with the Holy Spirit. They're speaking in tongues right there. I'm that 12-year-old kid. It was Willie George's church where I met my wife, where I married my wife. Almost aborted, instead a world changer. You have no idea who you might influence for the kingdom and what they might become. You have no idea. It's not your job, listen, it's not your job to understand. It's your job to obey. The secret, how do I have influence, Joel? Obey his voice. Obey God's voice. I don't know how to hear his voice. You already do. You just don't know it's him. If you've given your life to Jesus, if you belong to the good shepherd, you are his sheep, and Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and they won't follow a stranger. See, one of the phenomenon with sheep is they literally know the voice of their actual shepherd. And in the ancient world, shepherds would bring, all come together, because it was dangerous out there in the fields at night. And they would come into the sheep pen, and each shepherd would call his sheep, and they would follow him, and they would go into the sheep pen, and the shepherds would, would sleep in front of the gate and keep the sheep safe all night. And then in the morning, each shepherd would take turns, and they would call their sheep, and their sheep would get up and follow the shepherd. They knew exactly what shepherd to follow. And Jesus said, that's how it is between you and him. You do know his voice. You actually hear it all the time. You just think it's you. You think it's you talking to you. See, we discount our voice all the time. Discount our own voice. And we discount the voice that we hear and hear. Diana, my mother-in-law, she was one of the first people that said to me years ago when I was still in the middle of my martial arts career, reigning world champ, having a ball. She's like, you know, you'd be a great youth pastor. Pfft. No. Never. She, she put a seed in me. Because she heard God's voice. Didn't know she was hearing God's voice. But she heard God's voice. She's also the one that said, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, one Sunday afternoon in a London fog discount shop, looked across and said, isn't she beautiful? Talking about her daughter. And I turned and looked at Jennifer, and it's like Cupid just went, oh, God. And I'm like, oh, my God, I am in love with that girl. Influence. Don't discount your voice. Don't discount your voice. Oh, well, that's just a career path. Yeah. Yeah. They could affect hundreds of thousands of lives. It's just a marriage. Yeah, they could produce world-changing children. 
that you have no idea who they might talk to, who they might lead to the Lord, what that person might become, never limit the potential that's inside of you because you have a limitless God that lives in you. You do hear his voice. I'll give you a real simple tip. There's three voices that you hear on a regular basis inside of you. They come from inside of you. You, you have your own voice. You self-talk. It's, it's, a lot of times it's the voice of your flesh. Okay? It's about what you want. Then you have the voice that the enemy, the enemy, is a, he's, a, he's a mimicker. He, he's a mocker. He imitates God's voice. And he talks to you inside, but not inside your heart. He doesn't have the potential to talk inside of your heart. He whispers in your ear. He's speaking into your head. It's an intellectual voice. Trying to reason with you and reason you away from what God wants. But when God speaks to you, he speaks to you inside of your heart. And all of a sudden you know things. Don't know how you know them, you just know them. All of a sudden you have an answer. And you just know it. His voice is a gut reflex inside of you. And if you want to maximize your influence, if you want to grow your influence, obey that voice. Don't discount that voice. Ask God to teach you to recognize his voice. Make that your daily prayer. Father, teach me to recognize your voice today. Show me something to do. Give me something to obey. Watch this. Give me something to obey. Go take a walk. Okay, where are we going? Over here where it's dangerous. Oh, okay. What do I do now? See that chariot? Yeah, go catch up to it. Okay. And all of a sudden, you find yourself in an environment. Well, I don't know what to do. All you have to do is obey the voice. And all of a sudden, you will know what to do. See, it was in Philip. We don't know if Philip... We, we, we don't know how long Philip had been in ministry. But all of a sudden, it's in Philip. He knew exactly what to do. Do you understand what you're reading? No, how can I if someone doesn't teach me? I'll teach you. Most powerful man, an entire nation that would open the door. Did you know that Ethiopia today, actually, actually, by the end of the third century, Ethiopia was a Christian nation and has been a Christian nation for the last 1,700 years because of Philip. 60 million Christians in Ethiopia because of Philip. What influence could your life have? Philip never knew. Philip never knew what happened until he got to heaven. You'll stand before God. And the answer, the question you'll answer is not, why did you do this and why'd you do that? And look at all this sin. No, no, no. It's like, did you obey my voice? Did you, did you follow my voice? Because that's what it's all about. It's about obeying Jesus. Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey me. And the secret, the secret for maximizing your influence is obeying the voice. I'm gonna pray for you today. Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus that you would release your spirit upon your people. God, these are supernatural people called by your name.
marked by you. They are your sheep. They do hear your voice. Father, I ask you to magnify the sound of your voice in their heart. To increase and amplify your voice in their heart. And every day, give them something to obey. And lead them on an unbelievable adventure. It's not about what they understand. It's about what they obey. Father, lead them on an adventure. Maximize and expand their influence. Multiplying, I will multiply you. We hope this message has blessed your life. And if it has, we want to invite you to sow into what God is doing here at Oaks Church. It's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the Give button. On behalf of Oaks Church, thanks again for listening and have a great week.